Welcome, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. This week, we're doing a compilation of women with goals. We'll listen again to Melissa Smith, Connie Benjamin, and Madeline Victoria. This group was chosen because each have a common theme of beginning their interview with a turning point or defining moment in their lives and how that actually inspired them to take action and change their own futures. Listen in. I know you'll enjoy them as much as we did. Welcome, listeners. I'm really excited today to introduce you to Melissa Smith. And no overstatement, I would say two years ago, Melissa changed my life by introducing me to two things, the concept of a personal assistant or um, really a virtual assistant, and then connecting me to that person. And what a difference that has made for me and my ability to add things to my life, get more balanced. And so I'm excited for you to learn a little bit about Melissa and her journey and just take away as much as you can from this conversation. The, the single one event that got this whole ball in motion was the unexpected death of my husband. And so after the first year, I... I don't think I really knew what was going on. I had just started a new position. I was three days into that position as an executive assistant when he passed away. And I kind of went through that year in a fog, like most people do the first year after somebody passes. And after that, it just became apparent that I was not going to just snap out of it on my own. I needed to go home, which was home, which was California. So I went home for a year. I had the most amazing job. I was back in my hometown, surrounded by family and friends. And then my daughter needed to come back to Georgia. This is her home. She wanted to do her senior year here. And I, I couldn't deny her that because I had had a wonderful time in, in California and I felt like myself again. So I wanted her to feel like herself again, but I was leaving this job that I really, really loved. And they said, you know, we don't want to do this uh, without you. How can we keep you? And I said, well, you know, I can do what I do from anywhere. I don't have to be here. And they said, okay, let's do that. So I started working remotely for them. And then just a few months into it, the contracts were sent out and I had to sign a contract for the next year. And I just thought, you know what, this is, this might be my opportunity to go out on my own. I always said I would never own my own business, but something about it seems right. And I think it's now or never. And so I didn't, I sent the contract back unsigned and I said, I'll finish out, you know, my, this year's contract, but I'm going to go out on my own. And that's how it all started. <laughs> so when you started to do that, did you have doubts about that or was that one signal that um, wake up call that you could do it on your own? Was that enough to propel you forward? So that was enough to propel me forward. I probably should have been very worried. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business. I had no business plan. I think of the basics like really how am I going to earn money? Not just an hourly wage, but how am I really going to bring in income? Because I've always had a job. I've never not considered what it would be like to not have income, but having a job and creating revenue are not the same thing. So I had no clue what I was doing. I should have probably been terrified. Um, but I think ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> and this was definitely one of those times. 
you know, there are times we go through life and you just know something's right. You know, maybe that's, you know, you fall in love with somebody, it's time to move, you need to take this opportunity. For me, it was to start this business. It was just something in my gut that said, this is it. This is, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it was exciting. And there was some, sometimes a little bit of anxiousness, but it wasn't this crippling fear. And most of my adult life, I had been crippled with all kinds of fear. So something about that peace and that gut feeling let me know like, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Even though I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't even know enough to know that I had no idea. So what were the steps that you took then? So from that concept, like I can do this on my own, because um, from that to what you are doing today is leaps. Yes. It's been quite a three years. So one, I became an insatiable learner. So I was always learning things in my field, but now I really switched that to what it is to run a business and what it is to build a brand in marketing. And every time I was reading these books, I would hear this new buzzword. And so I would think, what does that mean? What is that? I, I don't know how to do that. And I would go over to this thing and then I would start this class. And I was reading at least a book a week. I was taking all kinds of online classes and summits and I was just implementing everything. And it seems counterintuitive to think about it because actually I am more of a perfectionist and I have, now I can look back and I really let that go. I have absolutely let the perfectionism go because you just can't hold on to it. You need to do things before they're ready. You need to send out before you're ready. And what really allowed me to let it go was the fact that the information that you need to make something quote unquote perfect will only happen after you send out your first draft. It's impossible to get it right on the first time. That's what propelled me. And then from there, just really scaling back. So at one time I was consuming every bit of information that you could think of. And then I really scaled back. So I thought, okay, I've read all these different people now. Who do I really resonate with? What steps do I actually take when after I read these books or take these online classes and I follow a very um, small subset of individuals specific to a certain field? And that's not to say that there's no one else great in that field, but this is the person I resonate with and this is the person I actually implement things that they're telling me to implement because there's so much information. There's, there's so much great information, but one, you have to really believe in it. You have to buy into it and you have to follow them because they're always going to be putting out more. And then you have to implement it. It does no good to have all these ideas and all these things written down and never implement anything. So that was, that was my strategy. Just take it all in, start you know, throwing things out the wall, throwing things out into the world, uh, see what happens, and then really pare down and get narrow on what it is I'm going to do and how it is I'm going to do that. Because the beauty of it is if you really follow people, then you build relationships with them. So if I run into problems and say, hey, I tried this, and it didn't work, and it didn't work, and I'm kind of shocked by it, or something didn't feel right about it, I can actually go back to them and say, hey, what, what do you think happened here? And they'll respond. 
and they'll, they'll say, Hey, did you do this, this, and this, or here's what could have happened. Or, you know, that's pretty typical for the first time, you know, but you have this feedback that you wouldn't ever have otherwise. So you took that fire hose bunch of information coming at you and put it down into a garden hose that you could actually take around with you. Absolutely. Before we go on to the next question, I just want to note there were three things you just said. I just want to pause and emphasize. One was that you were insatiable. You went out to learn beyond what you thought you needed, right? Everything came in. You let your perfectionism go and you created relationships with people that you could learn from, but I would imagine that you also gave back to, because in those instances where you're saying, I did this and it didn't work, you're also helping that person be better at what they do in communicating or coaching or teaching. Yeah, and giving back is, is actually pretty easy, no matter how big a name a person is, because they're always doing new stuff too. So they need people to take surveys, they need people to answer questions, they need people to promote what they're doing. And I am the first one to volunteer and raise my hand and promote something out. It's it's pretty easy to support someone else, no matter if they're a New York Times bestseller or not. They're, they're always needing information just like we are. Today, I'm very excited to share with you Connie Benjamin. Connie actually has a unique story, but let me just tell you a little bit about her. She's an international speaker. She has a new book coming out, which the title is just great. It's called Women with Fire, Six Secrets to Purpose, Profit, and Passion. And we're definitely going to learn a little bit more about that today. But one of the things that drew me to Connie when I started looking into her background a little was a recent post on her LinkedIn page called To Heck With Perfect. So for any of those of us who are really thinking we should do everything, be everything, go and find that post because it just, when someone can tell you that when we let go of who we feel we should be and embrace who we can become, flaws and all, and we're willing to serve in any ways, basically what I say, show up, stand up, that's when we get to step into who we really were meant to be. I'll tell you a story. I like stories. So let's dive into a story. Uh, so it was years ago when I was living in a home that was actually unsafe for my family. And I, was, I wanted to move, but we didn't have enough money. And so I knew I needed to start a business, but I was stuck in my job and I had no idea how to do a business. And so I started going to these business events. Now, finally, I got results and started to get some success and was able to get enough money to move our family to somewhere safe. And I thought, yay, I did it. Awesome. (laughs) And then everything started falling apart. I was completely out of balance. My relationship with my husband was disconnected because we were working all day and all night. My health started to, to deteriorate. I started developing major health complications and I was disconnected as a mom, I just felt totally overwhelmed. And so I realized I needed to do something and change something, or I would lose everything that was most important to me. And so I went to, I ended up going to this event called Master of Power Within, and it was by my mentor, Brandon Broadwater. And oh my gosh, it completely changed my mind, my mind and my life. And the reason it did that is because I learned these things called higher laws principles that helped me to fall in love with my husband again. Now he is seriously the man of my dreams and he is amazing. And to enjoy being a mom again and not be the stressed out, totally overwhelmed mom all the time. Um, And to, you know, replace my day job income and to move 
to the first place that had palm trees. We just stopped there because we were from Canada and we needed to stay there. And so it's just been incredible. And then I realized after doing this that talking with other women and coaching other women from around the world, that other women were struggling with this juggling life and work and making a difference and everything in between, something I call the chaos of life. And so I knew I needed to write my book. So I wrote my book, Women with Fire, Six Secrets to Purpose, Profit, and Passion. And I also partnered with a health company called HealthFix Global because I want to support women in all aspects of life, health, wealth, and happiness. So that sums it up. <laughs> so before we actually started recording, you shared with me that you're a social worker or have been a social. So it's in your blood. Let's just yeah. start there. That helping and and being someone who cares about others is in your blood. So tell us a little bit about what was happening in your life beyond, like when you say that you almost lost it, how did you know? Did, it real, did you realize that on your own or were you getting signs from your husband saying, this is rocky? Things are like, did you just come upon that yourself? You know, there, there, were, there were two moments um, that I remember vividly. One with my relationship where I knew things needed to change was I was sitting on the couch with my husband and we were watching TV because at that point in my life, that's all we did was watch TV together. And so we were watching TV and I just felt empty. I felt, I looked over at him and I felt like I didn't know him anymore. I felt like I didn't know me anymore. I just felt lost and empty. And I looked over at him and I said, is this all there is? And I will never forget the look in his eyes and the hurt look in his eyes of realizing, you know, that I wasn't happy and that I was struggling and I was needing to find more. But I am so grateful for that moment because in that moment I decided and we decided that no, this is not all there is <laughs> and that we would change it and we would take action and we would we would get our relationship back to where we wanted it to be after kids and no sleep and <laughs> the chaos of life. We would fall in love again and we would, we would create the life that we want instead of what I like to call sitting on the couch of mediocrity. So what were the first steps you took? Was it that event or what happened? Because I can see people saying, oh, I've had that feeling. I know that feeling. And like, what is, if I stand up off this couch, what's my first step or two? Oh my gosh. Well, for me, um, so it, in that moment, we knew something, I knew something needed to change. And then I actually got this notice on my door about this, that event. I had never heard about it before. And I thought, well, it's funny, actually, it's so interesting because we're talking about this. Because when I first got the notice of this event, I thought, oh, personal development, so flaky. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I was, I was in the helping field and my husband actually was in the helping field and we knew everything, right? Wrong. We did not know everything. <laughs> and so um, we gave it a shot. We figured we're going to try it anyways. And it's amazing. I, I remember sitting in that room at Master of Power Within, listening to Brandon Broadwater. And at first, my heart was so hard because I really had my arms crossed and I was like leaning back. All my body language was saying no. But then I, as I was listening to these principles and I was listening to these higher laws principles, I could feel the truth in them. And so I could feel my heart softening and I, and I could feel like this, this desire to have more. And I could see that it was possible. Um, and for me, that, that was a big transition for me because before 
I knew I wanted more, but I didn't know how to get it. And once I learned how to get it, I got excited. So can you share some of the higher law principles so that it becomes more concrete for the listeners? Absolutely. This is my favorite topic in the whole world. Um, So there's one principle that is so amazing. And in fact, it is a lot of people talk about the law of attraction and that kind of thing. One thing that was really amazing that I learned at the event was that there's actually four primary laws of success that are above the law of attraction. So we need to know that if we're trying to get a, you know, results in our life. And so I love the four primary laws of success. And one of the four primary laws of success is state of mind. And I know in different areas, people talk about state of mind, but for me, I hadn't, I knew it intellectually, but I didn't know how to get it in my life. When my kids were having major temper tantrums and I felt like I, ah, I have no idea what to do. Or when there's a conflict with my husband and I felt had and, and I felt angry at him and didn't know how to reconnect. Or when I felt I wanted something different and didn't know what to do. So I intellectually I knew it, but I didn't know how to create it. And so one thing that I love so much about the four primary laws of success is we don't just know about them now. I love that Brandon Broadwater Broadwater taught us how to to live it. And that made all the difference for me. And I know in some of the questions that you've asked leading up to this podcast, we're so much around self and and how do we face the fears and how do we overcome self-doubt? And in my book, I talk about that a lot because I believe that one of the biggest things holding women back to living our purpose is is fighting against that self-doubt, fighting against that, that fear and, that, and, and guilt and so many things. It's all mindset. And if we can know how to set ourselves our mindset free to step into who we're really meant to be, that's when, man, that's when we can do anything. So do you reset your mind daily, hourly, annually? Like how often do you go, whoops, time to get my mind in check here and get in the right state? All of it. All of it. Um, I definitely have a morning ritual that I do. And and something that um, I learned at that event, it's called the pillars of state. And so there's different ways that we can change our mindset. And first, I need to say mindset really is everything. Mindset, there's so much. It's It's been very interesting writing the book because I've, I've got a chance to delve into other books and studies supporting that mindset is everything that how we think actually impacts our physical body and and it impacts what how happy we are and how connected we are with the people around us and so mindset really is everything and that's so exciting because that's in our control so many things are not in our control that's in our control so one thing that i do because i am so not perfect and i need all the help i can get is that i have a morning ritual that i do every single day I do not mess around this stuff because I need all the help I can get. And it's this ritual that I do around making sure my body is, you know, and is as healthy as it can possibly be asking myself questions so that I can, I can change my focus to focus on what I really want to focus on and be in a place of gratitude and having a good mindset, because I don't know about you, but first thing in the morning, that's not my go-to sometimes that's not my go-to I need help to get there and nutrition as well and doing those things oh my gosh is 
incredible. Today, I am really excited to introduce you to Madeline Victoria. Then a short introduction. She is somebody who has already had a number one hit on the AMFM boards. She has another single that is being released. And then in addition to that, she's been a rodeo queen, a beauty pageant winner, and she also works with at-risk kids. Um, well, hi guys. Uh, once again, my name is Madeline and I've been singing and, and performing, being in front of an audience since I was about five years old. So uh, I guess you could say now that uh, the nerves has, have gone away after so much experience, but uh, that's what I do for a living. Uh, it's my passion. Uh, people, people are my passion in, in general and, and getting to know one another. And that's what I use through my music, I songwrite. I started songwriting, uh, you know, I was about 13 years old. I started writing poems and lyrics, picked up the guitar, started a band when I was in high school uh, here in deep South Texas. And ever since then, I've just been pursuing that dream of, uh, of all my goals and aspirations, booking myself, uh, doing promotions myself. And now with a team, a, a really great team with MTS management, working together, you know, with, with goals like that in mind. And, and it's uh, nonstop for me. Every day I, I work towards it. When you pulled your band together in high school, Madeline, what was your vision for that? Did you know who you wanted in your band? What kind of music you wanted to play? Yeah, it just, uh, you know, music I wanted to play. And that's another thing. I love country music. That's my, that's my main, my core, my genre. I love all kinds of music. I listen to all kinds of music. But the music genre I wanted to sing has been country my whole life. And, and that goes to the influences of, of my family growing up. And uh, I have so many uncles and, and just so talented. And they're also writers. No, no one professional, though. No one's ever done anything professional with it. And, you know, due to, you know, uh, different times back in the day, my, my grandparents, you know, had they had to work for really hard, you know, for a living. And so music wasn't um, a thing to do for a living back then for them. And, you know, something my grandfather didn't kind of frown upon. So I kind I take I took that you know, that's one of my biggest uh, goals with my music uh, was inspiration for my family and why I started my band, because I wanted to do something for them. And it represents what what they weren't able to do. And they're they're all, you know, so supportive of it for me ever since I was, you know, in high school. So like uh, going back to my the, to country, that's what I wanted. I started that uh, I kind of just fell all together naturally. It's 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 crazy how when you have a goal in mind and you, you speak out loud of it and you want it and you believe it, it all, it seems like it just comes together naturally. And so uh, that's what, you know, a couple of friends that didn't really play country music, but they played, you know, I knew they played really well instruments and I asked if they wanted to join my band and they said, yes, you know, I mean, they said, why not? And they knew how uh, dedicated I was and they saw my, my passion for it. So they, they all joined, um, you know, I, I have different members now. They kind of uh, rotate. I have so many in the, I don't have a set band right now, but I have so many musicians that play for me that are willing to sit in and, and just I have a, a pool of them that I can choose from now since I've been doing this for, for so long. And, you know, my vision for that is just being out on the road, enjoying the, the good parts of touring, enjoying being on the road with my band and, and the live music scene. That's my favorite thing to do uh, along with, you know, there's a, there's a whole broad roads in, in the music industry and, and what paths you could take within that. And uh, live music and touring is just one of my passions, a part of that. So I want to back you up for just a minute because you said something that flowed right naturally off of your lips, but I think listeners may not have caught it. And that okay. was, you said, when you have a goal and you have a vision you, you actually said there were three things you did to move forward. And 
the first part was you have a vision and then you talked a little bit about making it happen, but in your own words, how did you do that? Sure. Yes. So in my, in my own, you know, everyone has their own faith. Everyone has their own routines. I believe it's just been natural for me. And I've been asked to describe this to people who, who may, it may not come natural to people, but it's just something that I do. I actually speak it out loud and I, I write down these, these goals of mine every day and whether, whether I think they, you know, the actual goal comes true or not, I know, I know my destination and I know that writing down my destination, these different paths just come about and you, you, you have these goals, you, you have the structure, but you also have to go with the flow and, and see what, what comes your way with these, with these goals and, and whatnot. So I, I, I do the, the physical, I speak out loud, I write it down and then, you know, the, everything falls into place after that. And it may not happen as quickly as you want. It may not happen as soon as you want, but timing is everything. It will happen eventually. That is so brilliant because that really is the essence of achieving things, right? You have oh, to yes. do it, speak it, and then take steps going forward. I also loved when you said that you first started your band and you asked your um, the musicians that you knew, did they want to do it? And they said, yes, of course, why not? That's so powerful when an opportunity comes your way and you say, sure, why not? Right. And you do it. You don't know what's going to fall or come out of that. Exactly. I just thought that was such great wisdom on your part. You talked about the part you really like about touring, you know, and being out on the road. What is it about that that really sparks you? Inspiration for me on the road is is how I'm able to write even my songs. You know, uh, it goes from seeing the, the scenery, you know, on the road, uh, driving, people always ask like, where's the most inspiration you get for writing? And it's sometimes people are like, oh, my backyard or just here in my bedroom or, you know, whatever. But I'm being on the road and writing is, is where I get that. So that's one thing that I, I combine that and meeting people. That's another thing, uh, just meeting new people, new friends, new stories. That's one thing I love and being with the ones you love on the road as well. It's also a family thing for me. I keep my family really close to me and I'm blessed to have that, uh, some people don't have that. So I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel, do I deserve this? It's a, it's, it's great things. There's pros and cons, you know, to everything there's, but, but I take the pros and, and, and I really, really glad my family's there and supporting me and on the road, even they join me. And uh, that's, that's one thing I love as well. Uh, but like going back to my songwriting and, and the inspiration that I get from being on the road is a thrill. It's, it's, it's just traveling, you know, that traveler's I don't know, love on the road. I, I have it in my blood. My family traveled their whole life. My dad was a truck driver for many years. Um, my my mom's side of the family, they they uh, were actually in the migrant business, working the fields and, and whatnot. And they would travel all the way up from Texas to Ohio. And so that's what my mom did her whole life. And that's what I, I feel like that's just natural for me as well. It does take uh, it does take that sacrifice, you know, to do as well. And, and to be, you know, on the road, you're not always having an eight to five job. It's something different. You're, you know, you just have to do what, what you feel is um, in your heart. And that's exactly what I'm doing when I'm on the road and when, when I'm being inspired with my friend, with, uh, with my band. So that's it for this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.